Welcome, everyone, once again to the BWF podcast. I am your host, Fish, and as always, we are joined by co-host Patrick Condon. Condon, this is episode 12. Hello, Aaron. Yes, people are applauding me, and they are applauding making it to 12 weeks. I say it every week. Podcast environment landscape is scattered with two-episode podcasts, and we've, you know, done it times six. So suck it, everybody else. That's right. We have, in the past 30 days, reached top 24 status. So that is a great accomplishment. Congratulations, buddy. I would do the applause thing again, but I've already done it twice, and I don't want to overdo it. Speaking of good news, as mentioned on the previous week, last week, we are now on social media. So why don't you tell our audience how and where they can reach us? Sure thing, Aaron. You can find the BWF podcast on the big three social medias. If you go to Facebook, we are BWF Wrestling Podcast. If you go to Instagram, where we'll post some silly photos every now and then, you can find us on there, BWF Podcast. And then on Twitter, you can find us on BWF podcast so there's underscores in the in the instagram and uh twitter bwf underscore podcasts you'll find us and we're gonna start building a um you know a cult and a following you know yeah i think about 12 weeks is about enough time for us to start organizing and looking to take over the government so this week of course we have our listener mailbag uh, I have a question that was wrote into me today, unbeknownst to Pat, so it'll be good to see his reaction to that question. Okay. Um, we also have, of course, my favorite part of the show, trivia. And this week, I'm at 95. I only need five more points to reach that magical 100 mark. And to celebrate the occasion, I will be shooting dill pickled vodka this week. I hate Pickles with a passion, they are disgusting. So this is not something that I'm looking forward to <laughs> from shooting from a shooting perspective. But we've been talking about this since the beginning that the aim is to get you to throw up. So we are recording this video. Hopefully we give the people what they want this week. So they'll stay tuned for that. Where are we uh, in terms of storyline? Uh, last week we started off with the greatest wrestler of all time, Razor Ramon. There is only one way to go in all of this now, which is down, but not down by too much. What are we doing this week? This week, we are doing Kevin Nash slash Diesel. We are going to be doing Diesel's run from 1993 up until 1996 in the WWF before Razor Ramon and himself go over to WCW. That's right. The Diesel Project, the much lauded Diesel Project. I was trying to think of if I could get some sound clips of Kevin Nash's most famous catchphrases. He never had any. The most famous thing that I could think of is when The Rock mocks him when they come back to the WF and he goes, <laughs> That was pretty funny. Yeah. No, Big Daddy Cool, man. He just comes out and raises the fists and that's about it, right? He didn't really have any good promos until after, surprisingly, uh, his championship reign, but we will get into that. We will indeed. And uh, before we get to the uh, all the rest of the fun, I think we should start it off with our normal segment. 
viewer mailbag. A couple of questions, a couple of extra questions, apparently, according to the Bish. I've got three here. God knows what Aaron's going to ask. Or Aaron's viewer, I guess you could say. Anyways, I'll start us off this week. How about that, Bish? Sure. Here we go. Uh, hey, Patrick. Last week, Chris, Aaron's boss, made mention of him not getting enough sales and that that might affect some sort of contest. Is Bishop in danger of losing his job? What's this contest? From Matt in uh, St. John's. So, uh, Bish, I think we we're all worried, really, coming out of that. Seems to be some tension between you and Chris. They always say don't mix business with pleasure. And Lord knows you and Chris have pleasured each other many times over the years. And so the business element of it probably is just an explosion waiting to happen. And so I wonder what's going on. So we have a, a deal, a bet going on right now. If I can make 30 sales this month, we will pay for my SummerSlam tickets. SummerSlam in Detroit. That's pretty awesome. And, and so where are you at now? I am currently at 17 or 18, and I have two more guarantees coming up. So I need 10 uh, th this week to make it happen. And you know what? I think I'm got a chance. I really do. Nice. So what was all that talk that he was doing last week about him? Not sure if you're going to be able to get it. He seemed, uh, uh, what was he giving you a hard time? Was he trying to big league well, you on your own show? I've had a few sales since then. So maybe he was trying to light a fire under my ass. I don't know, but it yeah, worked. It, yeah. <laughs> He's a good boss. Okay, well, that's interesting. And so you're, uh, I mean, we touched upon this a little bit last week, but I mean, you're a real mover and shaker when it comes to the deals. You've uh, roped me into this loot crate nonsense where you get to get drunk anytime you fail. And now you've got Chris, who you should be doing the best you can in terms of sales anyways for your paycheck. He's going to pay for you to go to wrestling. <laughs> I don't even want to say. <laughs> you don't need to say anything. We love you anyways. But, oh, no, there is something I want to say. There is something I want to say. Okay. After, after last week, if I can be serious for a moment, I decree that the BWF is not the Bishop Wrestling Federation. It is the Basement Wrestling Federation. And so that way it encompasses everybody and not just me, myself, and I. And for now on, I don't want Bishop Masterpiece Theater to be the name of our education session. I want it to be the BWF Chronicles. You know, or something like that. You know, like, go back and die. I don't know. Like, what do you think? I think that you got raked over the coals last week. And now <laughs> we're seeing an epic backtrack. So you're rewriting history. Everybody that was associated with that federation knows that it was the Bishop Wrestling Federation. But you guys, oh, you want to call oh, yeah. it the basement, which was never. I mean, it makes sense. It was never called that. And you just don't want it to be called Bishop Peace Theater anymore, but you don't really have an alternative title yet. BWF Chronicles. Go back okay. in time. Okay. Yeah, what do you think? Is, well, is that yeah, okay? that makes sense. I mean, like I said, you're going back in time and rewriting history there, so why not BWF Chronicles? Uh, makes a lot of sense to me. I think that's great. I think it's good. Uh, it shows growth on your uh, part. 
you know, this is your podcast at the end of the day. I do not try to dispute that, even though I do love it and am proud of it. This is your baby. I do appreciate you opening up the uh, the gates a little bit and allowing some other people to come in and uh, and take ownership over this uh, child that you created. Pat, this is our baby. Ours. It's not mine at all. It's ours. <laughs> okay, Bish. I like that. I appreciate that. With that in mind, great question from Matt. We go on to the next question, unless you want to do yours or you want to save yours for last. No, we can do mine. It's fine. Bonjour, gay Pat. Because your first name is Galen, I'm assuming. <laughs> Since you guys love to call it when a wrestler misses a spot, I'm calling you out. After listening to your Razor Ramon episode last week, I have to mention a couple of inconsistencies. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Lay it on me. <laughs> First, you mentioned that you have never and would never watch Razor Ramon lose a match. Yes. Not two minutes later, you were watching him lose to the one, two, three kid and seemed okay. aware of the details. Of All other right. As well. Okay. Kid. When the fuck did we get people listening to this program? Okay. That's one. Who is this? Is this Chris? This better not be Chris. Oh, it's not Chris. I'm going to. Oh. There's more, there's more parts to this question, too. So that's part one. Part okay. two. You mentioned in a previous episode that HBK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fucking bullshit. What? A previous episode? In a previous episode that HBK was your gay wrestling crush, but the way you talk about Razor really has me wondering, does that blood red Razor Ramon gear really get the blood rushing for you? Okay. That's, I mean, that's an interpretation. Go ahead. And the last part, number three, on a more serious note. Oh, God. Do you think the Razor Ramon gimmick could fly in today's woke society? Some might call it cultural appropriation. Bon soirée, Jacques Le Employé from Paris, France. Okay. Okay. So I have to address all three. Um, the first one, okay, fair enough. You're right. I did. I have seen that one, two, three kid thing, but it's not, it was not the same as him having to tap out to the sharpshooter. It's like a, a gimmick match. It's like if he lost a battle royal, which I don't think he ever did. I mean, I would like to be Razor Ramon. I don't want to be with him. You know, I don't want to be Shawn Michaels. But I'd love for him to have sex with me. So I think there's a difference there. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Three, would the gimmick work in today's day and age? Well, no, it wouldn't. Uh, like Scott Hall wouldn't be able to do it because he's not Cuban. And I don't think Yokozuna would work either. And I don't think Muhammad Hassan would work. So in that way, no. But the character itself, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I mean, look, is the Razor and Razor Ramon a reference to cutting up cocaine? 100% yes. Is the Razor Ramon character presented as if he's a drug dealer? Absolutely. But they never said I, it. I got I to stop this right here. You just blew my fucking mind. I never realized the Razor was for cutting up the cocaine until you just mentioned it. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Oh, 
Holy shit. <laughs> I'm tripping out. <laughs> wow. Fuck. Well, wow. It's a great wow. moment here. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Now I know you don't partake, but I mean that's what the that's what they would do with it back in the day is chop it up with razor. I mean, what else would it be, you know? I I guess yeah. I just he, he's I based know, on I thought it was a cool name. I just thought it was a cool name. Yeah. Well, yeah. and he's also based off of Scarface, and that's what Scarface sold. Yeah, like I know I should have put two and two together, but yeah. Whoever that Paris guy is, good questions, well thought out. I'm impressed that somebody is putting together uh, these inconsistencies and presenting me as a liar. I appreciate that. And hope to hear more. And it's Galen. It's not gay. All right. You fucking ignorant fuck. It's G A E L. Gale. Not Gale. Gay. And even if it is, get with it. You know, I've learned a lot since doing this podcast 12, 12 weeks ago. And it's not cool to go around calling people gay. All right. Next question. <laughs> I want to see all those people that were writing me letters on this show right back and say that, uh, that I'm an ally now. Next question. You know what I miss most about old school wrestling back when it was good and it wasn't embarrassing like it is today? You know what I think is missing from it is what makes all the guys in the ring seem like little children on the wrong side of the rails? Managers. There needs to be more of them. Who is your favorite manager of all time, and why is it that they are your favorite? Jim C. from the U.S. of A. Did we do this question before? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I, I have two favorite managers of all time. The first one is Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. I mean, like, the weasel, he could take bumps, he could talk on the mic, and he made – he had a big stable at all times, you know, the Heenan family – and whoever's in that stable, you know, they were going to have a, a good program, a good storyline. The other one would have to be Paul Heyman yeah. himself. Yeah. He can yep. tell a storyline with one promo by himself. And whoever he's managing doesn't have to say a fucking word. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like, if I think about it, people will normally say those two, uh, those are the most popular, and you can't really argue with it, and Cornette would be up there, too, but there's a couple of managers that I'd like to know more about that never really got off the ground, or, like, and I can't find what they were doing week to week on WWF television, so, like, Johnny Polo, I don't think I've ever heard Raven cut a promo as Johnny Polo. I've just seen him in photos and maybe out on the ringside. So I'd like to know more about what was going on with all that and, and how he acted, because I can't imagine Raven acting any other way. He did a lot of commentary work around that time, too, Johnny Polo. Oh, yeah? I'll have to look into that. And another weird one is Harvey Whippleman, who was bumping around all over WWF television around that time. He managed Adam Bomb and Bertha Fay, And, like, he would just sort of come in. He apparently, I mean, The Rock to this day still speaks really highly of him. His real name is Bruno something or other. He did something for The Rock. But Harvey Whippleman was one of these guys that was around, and, and he would go out and cut a promo and get heat immediately, but didn't know what his whole thing was you know like is it slick was the guy in the 80s the black guy like he you know sort of was a pimp essentially you know and 
and he had a bit of a character to him. But Harvey Whippleman, I just could never really figure out what his deal was. I don't know if I would say Slick was a pimp, but I would say Slick and Harvey Whippleman were similar in the ways that they were probably like greasy businessmen. Yeah. Know, like by like just greasy agents, you know, just trying to make the most money off their clients and just feed them shit stuff. You know, uh, like like a bad movie agent or something like that, or Hollywood agent. You know. Yeah, yeah. So does is that ever explained? Like what his like background is? Like was he ever any no promos or anything to really explain like what his deal was? I don't think so, but I do have a funny story about Harvey Wolfman. Uh, uh, we mentioned in a previous episode in our archives uh, the wrestling trip that me and my father took to St. John's, where I saw Bret Hart when I was young. Back in 1993, that Bret Hart match, it was Bret Hart versus Adam Baum, and Harvey Wolfman was the manager of Adam Baum. And I just remember Bret Hart going to uh, the ring apron, and Harvey Wolfman had, had his fingers on the ring, and Bret stomped on his fingers, and Harvey <laughs> like, oh, just, you know, shook his hand like, oh, that the crowd popped for it huge. I don't know. Nice. <laughs> move from Bret Hart to Coleman to stomp on his fingers. <laughs> <It's pretty funny. laughs> Get a pop. Get a That's pop, awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's it for the viewer mailbag this week. Great questions. Learning more and more about the memories and the deep recesses of your mind, Aaron. And so with that, you know what's coming up next. It's the big one, folks. Now, if you weren't watching last week, I made... Like, I was just so tired of this that I gave Bishop another chance to rack up a whole bunch of points. And... I think you you went from like 60 something and now you're at 95. So now, you know, this potentially is the last week. And I think that with so there's a couple of things that I want to bring up. So you've already spoken about that the march to 100, you get there, you get your wrestling crate. And so you know, and if you get it wrong, you drink the dill pickle shots, and we're hoping for for some good stuff to happen for that. But I also want a punishment. This is what Chris mis- mentioned last week. Not sure if that made it into the episode, but yeah. so I was thinking about it and thinking what kind of punishment we could do for you if you don't get it done this week, five points away. And so you mentioned you were going to Colorado and going to a baseball game. And so my punishment suggestion for our loss this week is you go to the game and you record yourself so that we can see this and you try to start a chant in Colorado that is simply Eric and Dylan did nothing wrong. Now, what do you say about that? Eric and Dylan did nothing wrong. Eric and Dylan nothing wrong. And you can wait until the end of the game, but, you know, and you have plausible deniability. I'll look it up to find out some other examples of a Dylan and an Eric who did nothing wrong. Oh, fuck. All right, whatever. Yes, there it is, folks, and it's it's recorded. It's recorded. Wow, you got a lot. You got a lot on your plate this week. There's a lot of pressure. I could see in your eyes you were hoping you could signal to me to cut and maybe you could talk this out a bit, but the talking's over, Bishop. We're done talking. It's only questions. And if you don't have the answer to those questions, then you're going to Colorado and you're going to have a pro Columbine chant at a baseball game. 
All right. So now, with that in mind, another I you know for the last theme, and I think that this is pretty fair overall. I'm not sure when this is going to be released. I'm actually going to give you a choice. I'm not sure when this is going to be released, but surely it will be shortly after I turn 40 years old. It's coming up this week. That's right. Thank you. Yes. It's a long time coming. Didn't know I'd make it. Chances are I will. Who knows? Pre-record. Still got some days. So I want to do, I'll give you a choice. I will give you a choice of 10. And I guess I got to do five, right? Because you're at 95. So either which way. I will give you two wrestlers and you tell me who is older out of them or I will list five wrestlers and you have to tell me if they're older or younger than me, which we will say for the purpose of this game is 40 years old. So the first question, the first thing to consider. Holy fuck. Ah. So the first one is if they're older, it was who's older, one or one A or B. Exactly. 50-50 chance. I like those odds better than the second one. All right, let's let's go for the first one. Yeah. Okay, question one. Who's older, Eric Bischoff or Tony Schiavone? <laughs> 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 Holy fuck. Okay. <laughs> uh, mine's in the 60s. Vince is in his 70s. Bischoff is probably is. I'm going to say Shivani's older. Tony Schiavone is 65. Eric Bischoff is 68 years old. And almost with a tear in his eye, Bishop is struggling to open up the bottle of wretched vodka. Can you smell it beforehand? Or can you smell it right now? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, man. And you're uh, you're doing oh. proper, proper shots, of course. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's really up there. That's good. I like it. And what's ginger your ginger ale? Yes. Chase of champions. Okay, here we go. Bottoms up. First one. Gargling. <laughs> oh, he... did you start throwing up he's at a camera frame people he as soon as he swallowed his eyes opened up up oh, he's ah. urgent he's urgent he's shaking his head no. <laughs> I can't <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I, he's thrown up after the first shot. He's dry heaving, I think. Nothing came out, hey, Bish? Oh, oh, I threw up. Oh, wow. That's, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. What do you mean? You got four more. I can't shoot that. I can't shoot that dope. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh Holy my fuck. god. Holy fuck. <laughs> now, Bish, I mean, if you forfeit right now, you know what you got to do when you go to Colorado, right? I need to get the Jack Daniels. No, Ugh. no, 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 no. No, either it's we've been we've been hyping this up for weeks. The final ten, you're parading the bottle around. One shot, you're done. That is the, ugh, that's the most disgusting. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know why they would make dill pickle vodka. What is the what's the market for that? <laughs> you're squeezing your your boobs together. Look. <laughs> Wow. All right. So, well, Bish, I mean, I don't know. This has never happened before on trivia in the the weeks we've done it. I can um, I can I could do a couple of things for you. Um, We could either we could just stop it right now and you go to Colorado and you do the chant and, and record it or we'll take that off the table and you can do Jack Daniels shots. But if you get the next four wrong, you got to do another shot of dill pickle. Okay. All right. Okay. I don't like how quickly you agreed to that. I think I said something wrong there. No, just I'm taking my chances at not shooting that fucking dill pickle shit again. All right. Fuck. That is the most insane thing I've ever had any liquor in my mouth ever. That was the most. I don't have words. I don't have words for it. I don't have words for that. That was. It was like pickles that were on fire. I don't know, man. It was just like drinking a fucking jar full of pickle brine. Wow. That was like spiced up. I don't know, man. Like that was, no, don't like it. So what are you going to do with the rest of the bottle now? I mean, you still got a whole. Throw it away. Throw it away. You could donate it to a homeless guy. Ah, we should get a homeless guy in here to drink it and see what happens. Yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. That was brutal. It was great. It was great. I feel for you. But it was it was good stuff. <laughs> Question two with regular old Jack. We got Aaron Bishop trying to figure out who's the older of the two people listed. And if he gets the next four wrong, he's gonna have to do another shot of the dill pickle as punishment. Here we go. Jim Cornette or Paul Heyman? Paul Heyman? Older? <laughs> Jim Cornette is 61 and Paul Heyman is 57. Jesus fucking Christ. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> this whole thing has to go up as a segment on video. <laughs> He spit up and and gargled, I don't know, too hard or choked on it and went all over his chest. Oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, sometimes after you've thrown up and you do another shot of alcohol, it's still like sickening. How are you feeling? This is. <laughs> Just shaking your head. This is so bad. Oh my god, yeah, I'm drenched in. 
question three. And I mean, just realizing now that no matter what, you're not getting to a hundred. And so we got to do this again next week. Damn you, Bishop. Who's older? Alundra Blaze or Bull Nakano? Drinking his uh, chaser, shaking his head. I'm so afraid to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. All right, let's go for... Oh, my God. (laughs) You tell me their birthdays. I'm not telling you shit, all right? You're not going to... You're not going to charm your way into getting out of this one. Alundra Blaze. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Who's older or younger? uh, Alundra Blaze is older. Unbelievable. Bull Nakano is 61. Alundra Blaze is 60. Sorry, Bish. <laughs> oh, man. And with that as well, uh, the dill pickle shot is is still on the line. You got a one and two shot of just getting rid of that. <laughs> I'm seeing some sort of look on your face right now. I'm cutting you a deal, baby. These stupid fucking questions. <laughs> I thought this would be super easy. Oh my god, okay, here we go. Cheers, bottoms up. Cheers. Gargle it. <laughs> Fuck. You've been doing this from the start. Oh my fuck. <laughs> Wow. Are you okay? Are you going to... Do you need some air? You good? good. Okay. Question four. Here we go. Who is the older of Kevin Nash and Psycho Sid? God, it's got to be Nash. It's got to be Nash. Come on. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm sorry, man. Um, Kevin Nash is 63 and Sid is 68. That's brutal. All right. Okay, here it is. Computer frozen. What are you doing? I just got to play life, man. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the computer had frozen. You're just staring off in the distance. I was literally thinking about how mad I am at these questions. <laughs> Staring out of his face like, <laughs> I guess I thought that you'd know who a couple of these people were. You know, age-wise. I got a good one coming up for you. Cheers. <laughs> it's the grab of the can of drink for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god. Holy fuck. 
Aaron Bishop. How are you doing oh, on that chaser? Do you still got uh, enough there to get you through this next two, perhaps? I got half half a can there, buddy. Oh, my God. Ah. Here it is for all the marbles. You get this one right, we call it off. You get this one wrong, you got to do a shot of Jack, and then you got to do a shot of the dill pickle. Okay. <laughs> Just a shot of the dill pickle. Okay. All right. All okay. Right, no, buddy. no. You're, you're okay. 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 I'll give you that one. You're starting to make me feel bad here. I don't want to, <laughs> don't want you to die. Okay. Who is the oldest out of Jake Roberts and your guy, Honky Tonk? You probably got to know who Honky Tonk's age is. Jake Roberts, Honky Tonk. Who's older? Back and forth, back and forth. His head is in his hands right here. I mean, Jake looks older. Fuck. They both look pretty run down, but yeah, I, 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 I gotta say, Jake. <laughs> Jake Roberts, sixty-eight. Honky Tonk, seventy years old. Couple of years on Jake. So there you go, Bish. I uh, I was rooting for you on that one. I, I don't think you've ever gotten all questions wrong. And lesson for last next time, the age thing. I mean, it really, it doesn't take any skill at all. You're just sort of guessing, right? At the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we're still learning here, folks. So as Bishop uh, gets ready to do maybe the last shot of dill pickle vodka he'll ever do in his lifetime, I just want to assure everybody at home that uh, Aaron is doing this of his own free will, and um, we're going to have to at least take a screenshot of the way that he looks right now because he's got fucking Jack Daniels all over his shirt. <laughs> he's got a disgusted look on his face. All right. There oh, we go. Oh my god. Oh my god. Just don't think about it. No, you're thinking about it too much. Oh. I saw it that time. Guys, this is a shoot. I thought that, I mean, I guess all that Jack went up too, huh? Bishop is in no condition to speak right now. She saved this one for last, I think, last segment. Uh. Wow. You good? You good, buddy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I gotta say, that's okay. this is the greatest moment in the history of not only our podcast, but I think any podcast that is entertainment. Oh, and so, to just close it out this week, we're back again next week. If not, we're all living in our own hells. I have to come up with more questions, five more questions, as the slow march. To 100 continues. How you doing, Aaron? You're a trooper. That sucked. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't believe it was your idea. And even when you suggested it and you were saying over and over, like, I really hate dill pickle or whatever. I was like, yeah, you know, but like, how much could you possibly hate dill pickle to make this, you know, better than gargling Jack, you know, which is awful in its own right. But to it must be bad for you to choose to go and gargle Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels was sweet, sweet relief, man. <laughs> wow. Now it's all gone. It's all up. Timeline. Timeline. This, 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 this is the timeline. This is the timeline. Anyways, as the hit says, we're here. I'm going to miss Bishop Peace Theater, to be honest with you, but here we are with the BWF timeline. And Aaron is just staring holes in me right now. So, Aaron, if you can, can you please maybe tell us what we will be doing on the timeline this week? Big Diesel, Big Daddy Cool, Kevin Nash. Uh, we're going to start off where we left off last week, which was WrestleMania 10. Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, they had the ladder match. Diesel was in Shawn's corner. He was the bodyguard. He got kicked out halfway during the match. And uh, as we all saw, Razor Ramon wins the Intercontinental Championship. After WrestleMania, uh, as you mentioned last week, Shawn Michaels <laughs> and Diesel, <laughs> they go through. I know it's so hard to talk right now. Oh. <laughs> oh. As you mentioned last week, there's a, they do like a, a role reversal in the upcoming months. So Diesel is the one that's doing all the wrestling while Shawn Michaels is the manager slash outside, I don't know, he can't even call Sean a bodyguard, but he was just the outside uh, piece for Diesel. And then I think it was between June, was is this June, July, uh, that Diesel faces Razor Ramon on an episode of Superstars. It's not very watching. long after the Mania match. I think it might even be May. It was like they, they really uh, got it on Nash pretty quickly. Oh, really? It's a hot shot, huh? Okay. Yeah. Now, I've never seen this match before because, as I have said before, I've not watched Razor uh, lose. But I can imagine that this is what we'll see what the finish of this is. What's he wearing? He's wearing pinks. This one. Here he is. And this is where I'm free TV. That's Superstars. Yeah, Saturday morning Superstars. I like that uh, shirt Sean is wearing. Boom! Beautiful punch. So, like, Diesel's probably never even really had a match up until this point in the Federation. Not really, no. It's funny how, like, they just put him right into the main event right away because as soon as he wins the Intercontinental Championship in this match, he faces Bret Hart at the King of the Ring the month after. Right, yeah, that's right. Nice. Sean is doing his Hulk Hogan selling right now. Flipping all yeah. over the place. Open everywhere, yeah. Oh, exter uh, uh, exposed turn buckle. Oh, fuck. No. Here comes a jackknife. Oh. No. One, two, three. Look at that. The crowd is <sighs> Look at that. The crowd's actually Jumping. cheering. The crowd actually cheers the heel diesel over the face Ramon after that epic ladder match at WrestleMania. That now this is this is after Diesel did the had the big run in the Rumble, right? Yes. 
He doesn't even have music, I don't think, at this point. He doesn't even have music. Oh, iconic. Iconic moment. Yeah. (laughs) He jumps in the shoulders of Diesel. They hug it out. That's so funny. I think they put that in the Shawn Michaels Tell Me a Lie (laughs) video. (laughs) Diesel goes on immediately to have a main event at King Ring 94 where Owen Hart wins. And what do you know off the top of your head what the finish of that Bret Hart match is? Yes. So actually Diesel is going for the jackknife on Bret Hart. And Jim the Anvil Neihart comes in and prevents Diesel from performing the move, you know, that clotheslines him. And then Bret Hart gets disqualified. Oh. Okay. And then Jim yes. Neihart leaves Bret Hart in the middle of the ring. Uh, to go backstage and just leaves him there. And then Sean and Diesel just beat the shit out of Brett. And Brett is so pissed. He leaves the ring afterwards. He's looking through the arena, looking for Nyhart. Like, Where's Nyhart? Nyhart. He's, awesome. yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. And then as we find out later on in the evening, it was all a big plot, a big ploy. Uh, Jim the Anvil Nyhart would go with Owen Hart, side with Owen, help him win the King of the Ring, and then help him go on the feud with Brett over the championship. So Big Daddy, he um, he would go on to feud uh, in the 94 SummerSlam, which is the first, like, I love this SummerSlam, and I don't think it's regarded as being a very good one, but I loved it. I, I loved the Undertaker versus Undertaker match, and now hearing people talk about that, and they go like, it was so obvious who it was, like, I don't know. It makes me feel dumb because I love that match. Yeah, no, back in the day, you couldn't tell the difference. Uh, they did a hell of a job turning that guy into looking like Undertaker. Absolutely. Do you know who that guy was? Uh, no, who was it? Rush. Wow. Jeez. I have to go back and look at that. Yeah, that's right, because they were boys. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I looked at the rewind, like Wrestling Observer Rewind, where it looks back at what Dave was saying, Dave Meltzer, and the whole time he's like, it's so obvious that this isn't The Undertaker. Dave is like a fucking 35-year-old man, and wrestling's for the kids. I was 11, 12 years old, man. It was not obvious to me. No, not at all. So, But the crowning achievement of that night, in a night of Undertaker versus Undertaker, in a night of Bret Hart versus Owen Hart, steel cage match for the WWF Championship. To me, it's all about Diesel with Razor Ramon and the infamous or famous, the legendary Walter Payton. This whole run-up and the way that uh, Razor Ramon would always say, Walter Payton, I, I knew a Walter later on, like later in life. And I would always just call him Walter like that. Do the Walter Payton thing. He had no idea what I was talking about. Just a little inside joke from me and Scott Hall. So here we are. And now, I mean, we can watch every second of this match if you want. This match is really good, man. I've Diesel, I've never seen him bump so much in my life. He was bumping his ass off of Razor's match. He was running around. Um, this, Yeah, this is a really, really good match. Both these guys are trying to show out. And the main event. Yeah. And Sean was really good in this match again. You know, he's just running around, bumping everywhere. And the boys won the tag team championships the like the day or two before this from the head shrinkers, right? 
He did win the tag team championships. It was unplanned, really, but the head shrinkers, uh, one of them, Samu, their his contract was coming to an end, and SummerSlam would be his last day. And they were doing matches with each other, you know, Diesel and Sean versus the head shrinkers at, at the house show loop. And they just decided to put the belts on Diesel and Sean. So within a couple of months, Diesel goes from being a bodyguard to being a double champ. And I don't remember there's any time there was a double champion uh, tag team and intercontinental besides Diesel. No, that's a good, that's a good question for the people that are keeping track at home to go look. Beautiful uh, bulldog, and I'll say that the Razor Ramon tights in this are black, like they're cool. It. Yeah, it's uh, he would go on to have uh, more less solid colors. You know, uh, can't beat those reds. There's Peyton. That shirt that Walter Peyton is is wearing, Drake Gold wears it. Yellow Razor Ramon shirt. Yeah, yeah. I uh, got Walter and Sean. They're playing tug of war at the Intercontinental Championship. The referees outside the ring. Sean goes to super kick Razor Ramon. He misses and he hits Diesel. Sean's like, "Oh my God, what have I done?" He's got to get out of the ring. He seems like he's legitimately upset. He forgot his hat. Does he go in and get his hat? That to me, if I was the referee. Referees outside dealing with Walter Payton instead of being in the ring. You know what? If we do a uh, trivia where I'm the uh, person that's uh, answering the questions, the trivia gift I want is uh, one of those Ray's Ramon shirts. Fair enough. Nice. They said that it was really good working with Walter Payton, that yeah. uh, he was a real pro. One, two, boom. Crazy. Sean's timing is very good here. He's like, he's just so good. Like he's all around the ring and he's hitting his marks. And what's this, number two? Number two. Walter's kid, Walter Payton Jr. And uh, yeah, probably one of the greatest moments in the history of professional wrestling we just witnessed there. Moving on, Aaron. So, so we see now that they're down to the tag team championships, uh, Kevin and Sean. But surely this super kick in the face—that's the story coming out of this. Is there a tension between the two dudes with attitudes? There is definitely some tension. You know, obviously Sean cost Diesel the Intercontinental Championship. Diesel is starting to throw around that Sean didn't really want Diesel to be the champion. That he wants to be the champion himself. This, that, and the other thing. But, you know, they seem to put their differences aside as they head into the Survivor Series of this year. It's a really weird matchup, I think. It's Diesel and Sean and Nyhart and Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett versus the Bulldog, the Head Shrinkers, the One Two Three Kid, and Razor Ramon. Yeah, so and that wasn't a wild card one, right? That was, it was the bad guys versus the Teamsters was the name. Awesome name. Diesel was kicking ass in that match. You know, again, he eliminated like three or four people from the jackknife. And then Sean, once again, went to go super kick Razor Ramon. And he super kicked Diesel by accident, which eliminated, uh, I think, Razor pinned Diesel and eliminated him after that. And then No, Sean no. Ran. So what happened is, so, well, a couple of things. So one thing that's kind of different in this is that is, as opposed to the match we just saw, Diesel had Razor done, right? He had him jackknifed. He could have gone for the pin, but Sean wanted the glory. So he got, he tagged himself in, 
and went for the super kick and kicked Diesel in the face. So, so now we're starting to see that there is, well, not even starting. I mean, I think the partnership is over by the end of this match. And what happens is there's a lot of infighting and all the heels fight to the back and get counted out. And that's how Razor wins. Razor's the sole survivor because everybody else got counted out. Yeah. 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 I think like he gets up and he shrugs like, all right, you know, <laughs> so cool. And then we can see backstage uh, Shawn Michaels forfeiting the championship at the tag team championships. That's awesome. And uh, yes, and Diesel also throws down the t- the tag titles and refers to them as a pittance in an infamous moment. He calls them a pittance. Okay, so, I mean, it just seems like uh, uh, Diesel's world is all chaos now. He doesn't have the IC belt. He doesn't have the tag team titles, you know. Uh, he doesn't even have his best friend anymore. So I guess that's the end, right? No more Diesel. Let's just pack it up and move on to the next big guy. Where's Sid? Where is Sid at this point? <laughs> he's, playing, he's playing softball. He's playing softball, that's right. So a few days after the Survivor Series, in where uh, in which Bob Backlund just beat Bret Hart for the WWE Championship, I think this is five days after the, the Survivor Series, they have a match, Diesel versus Bob Backlund at Madison Square Garden for the championship. Now, this is definitely something that we could watch in full because is it to this day still the quickest match in uh wwf championship match in history it is so here so, we are you know, bob backland yeah bob backland and diesel are in the ring they're staring at each other boom kick right into the jackknife right into a cover he hooks the leg god love him boom and he's obviously celebrating like a baby face here, even though he hasn't been turned, right? I guess the, the Survivor Series events would uh, facilitate the face turn. Um, right, yeah, good point. Going at the sound, they forfeited the titles, so he is a face here. Kevin Nash said that after he beat Bob, Bob literally crawled back to the dressing room to sell <laughs> to sell the, uh, the powerbomb. That's amazing. So then we have the year of diesel, which um, we might, we might, yeah, the, the year of the diesel championship, which we might cover in a little bit more detail next time. But for the purposes of our uh, little story now, we'll kind of go towards the end of it. But uh, just a note that like uh, Kevin Nash will bring up that they immediately uh, even, I mean, you could argue that they really pushed him hard for that eight-second win, but his first major defense was at the Royal Rumble that year against Bret Hart, ends in a disqualification, and according to him, there's really no getting back over with the crowd if you can't beat Bret Hart, right? Clean, decisively, how are you going to say you're a champ for the next year? Yeah, exactly. That match was just a hot mess. They had interference from Shawn Michaels. They had interference from from Owen Hart, you know, they had interference from Jim Nyhart. They had interference from like a bunch of people just over and over again as interference. And eventually the referee just called the match. Uh, you know why they even bothered having the match in the first place. If that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Nobody came out looking good, but I, and, you know, Brett certainly for all the goodness of Brett, I'm sure Brett could have helped out Diesel by at least giving him a dirty win or something like that, but not even that. Schmaz to protect Brett for whatever reason. 
I guess it's because Vince just wanted to have Brett on the back burner uh, in case this Diesel thing didn't work out. And wouldn't you know it, it didn't work out. He <laughs> he wrestled a bunch of like, I don't think we're going to have a 1996 sort of like realization that 95 was better than what we remember. <laughs> no. It was a pretty rotten year. So he, you know, he had that average match with Sean at Mania. He went over, but it wasn't the main event. And then he got into a program with Bulldog. With the Bulldog, that's right. And like I said. And then he really, I don't even remember that. That sounds like a mess. And then Mabel and and the houses aren't drawing for any of these guys. And also, Kevin Nash loses, the Diesel character loses what makes him cool during all this because he goes from being a silent killer, destroyer, cool, big daddy cool, and then he goes into this sort of glad-handing WWF corporate guy. Exactly, always smiling, you know, or just a really watered-down, soft version of his former self. My favorite uh, promo from around this time, I don't know who they were throwing shots at, but it was like Kevin Nash was at a uh, fan signing in this commercial for the new generation, and a kid tries to give him five bucks for the signature, and and Nash goes, no, kid, I don't need that, which it must have, how, how many takes did he have to do? Because it's just so against his nature to turn down any money. <laughs> so... Yeah, this will lead us into the Survivor Series of 1995. This is a full year now of Diesel being the champion. Uh, it's been a failed experiment, to say the, the least. Uh, so now we have Bret Hart coming in to save the day. So we have Bret Hart versus Diesel. This is a really, really good match. Kevin Nash uh, yeah. considers this probably his best match. Yeah, I would agree. I think holds up and, um, yeah, definitely his best match. I mean, if this was the match at the beginning of his run who knows but again a lot of it goes into what the finish is too so we pick it up and you know before, before we get into it i do want to say one thing I, I know that you asked a question or we had a question a few weeks ago in the mailbag about people who lose and then they look better after they lose if i might time back i would probably say this match right here because even though diesel's a champion walking in this and even though he loses his title, he actually comes out of this looking a lot stronger than he did coming in. Um, this yep. is fantastic storytelling. I love this match. And yeah, so here we are. Bret Hart's about to climb onto the ring apron. He's on the outside. He's about to climb into the ring apron. Diesel's inside the ring. So, uh, see an infamous, infamous spot in history. So, it's the turning point of the match. And the match is really good up to this. And, you know, 95, you don't see anybody going through tables. And it looks so much better when they go through these tables, the real wooden yeah. tables. Yeah. So Nash, and it kind of like, it all just makes sense. So Nash is the smiling baby face over the last year. He sold himself out. And Bret Hart has just been brutal to him this match. He uh, hog ties his leg to the ring apron yeah. and just go crazy on his knees. Great storytelling. Yeah, and they didn't like the table spot so good again. Like they didn't have to set the table up. It was all, yeah, it looked really natural. Brett was on the ring apron. He got flung off the apron from Diesel, and he went right through the table. Now Diesel's trying to pick him up, but Brett is just selling like he's been shot. He's like dead weight here, can't move. And so Nash doesn't know what to do with him. It's amazing that just one spot like this 
a table spot changes the entire dynamic of a match instead of the way that it is today. Bret Hart admitted that he was watching ECW at the time and seeing the table spot between RVD and Sabu. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was actually wondering, like, what was, yeah, what was going on for him to suggest that. So, yeah, good for Bret. Mm-hmm. Now Diesel's trying to make his way into the ring. He's showing the knee that Bret was working the whole match. Crowd still likes him here. That's what the tricky yeah. The people that are buying tickets are just still like him. There's just not many of them. Is the problem. Oh, yeah. It's funny how you can hear the booze and you can hear the cheers. It's almost like a Cena before, you know, John Cena. Yeah. And here comes Diesel looking to powerbomb Brett, and Brett just falls down. He's, He's got him weight. finished. Diesel yeah. of the old, he just put the foot on his chest. One, two, three. But it looks like here he's having second thoughts, like he's having remorse for Bret Hart, even. Tries to pick him up again. Bret rolls him in a small package. Playing possum. One, two, Cancel. three. And Diesel. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you read the uh, lips, son of a bitch, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> So Brett's out, and immediately Diesel shoves the ref. And now he's giving him the power bomb that he should give him in the first place. Boom. Oh, one of the most brutal-looking jackknives you'll ever see. My God. And now he's just shoving down more referees. Yeah, all really cool stuff here. And he's going for another jackknife. And just oh, great thought too about how uh, about how this is a time where he, I mean, he literally comes out on top in this, but uh, the character gets a much needed reset. And for a guy that just spent a whole year sucking as champ, he loses and recovers pretty well. Absolutely, yeah. He looks better now than he did as a champion, 100%. And here comes uh, the next night on Raw. He comes out and interrupts a match. So, yeah, RIP, thoughts and prayers to Candido and Salvio Vega. And Diesel's coming out with the hat on, no ring gear. And I know, I mean, we talk about this in a lot of the stuff that we're uh, watching, but it's an example of this isn't supposed to be happening. This is not planned. Smile on my 
He found his smile. <laughs> I saw myself. That's the corporate puppet that you decided to create, Ben. Wow. So the interesting. First mention, I think, of Vincent Mann as the owner of the WWF. Yeah. I missed the ball on this one, baby. Yeah. You missed the ball. <laughs> it's real life. It's good. Kevin would also say that Steve Austin kind of took this for his run. But I think really that, like, without Diesel so blatantly becoming a corporate champion, you don't have the history for Vince to try and do it again to Steve, and that's what Steve yes. Austin was rebelling against. That's a really good point. Puts on the shades. <laughs> People are loving them. Wow. Right Looked like a guy was having a seizure there. My friends, that includes you, Sean Michaels. Oh. <laughs> and I, I'm not saying something. I'm not saying I'm not going to smack hands. But it better have a black glove on it, baby. Because I know you're with me. Merchandise. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> this is Kevin Nash. That's what he should have done in that commercial. The kid came up with five bucks and he was like, Where's the glove? And then takes the five five bucks from him. Great stuff. Love it. I remember this very clearly. Look looks for the guy with the with the glove and tells yeah. everybody else to literally fuck off on camera. <laughs> this is cool like uh yeah it's a lot of the different elements that are sort of breaking away from everything that we've ever seen in wrestling up to this point so, yeah exactly up until this point it's your typical bad guy versus good guy but here diesel is a tweener he's both a good guy and a bad guy at the same time and this is probably the first time that we've seen something like this yeah Certainly, uh, yeah, in, to this degree, this sort of take on it, it's uh, like a different version that Brett would go on to do with the Canada-American kind of thing. But uh, really cool, really fresh, and yeah, like you said, Diesel looks like he's uh, back and ready to rock again. So what happens? So after this, it's the Royal Rumble, 1996. And Diesel does really good in the Rumble, and it's down to him and Shawn Michaels in the final two. Shawn Michaels super kicks him again, and Diesel's eliminated. Diesel's pissed off. He's taking his time going to, to the back. Undertaker's making his way out for his match against Bret Hart. They have a little interaction. Wow. So it, that happened at the Royal Rumble? Yes. Okay. And so they had a little interaction at the Royal Rumble, and then... Uh, Bret Hart and Undertaker at the end of their match, Diesel comes out right before Undertaker is about to pin Bret Hart at the tombstone, and he takes the referee, and Undertaker gets disqualified because of it. 
So I guess the idea behind this is that Diesel wants to beat specifically Brett to become the champion again. I think, no, just the interaction between him and Undertaker and the Isleway just pissed off Diesel. And... Okay, that was enough. So it wasn't it had nothing to do with Brett. It was against the Undertaker. Yeah, it was a, just a fuck you to Taker. So either which way, it does get Diesel a match against Brett now for their, I guess this would be at least their fourth pay-per-view match. This time it's in a steel cage match. And pretty famous ending to this one as well. Kevin would say, so at this point now, this is in your house six. We are, uh, is Brett champion even here? Yeah, yes. Brett's the champion here, yeah. Yeah, so they're leading up to Mania 12, right? Okay, and so uh, apparently, uh, not apparently, Scott Hall has already given his notice behind the scenes, unbeknownst to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And he is trying to get Kevin to go, but Kevin doesn't want to. And I can understand why, because he's still, at this point in the Federation, top three, right? Top four. Mm -hmm. Him, Brett, Sean, Taker. So he has this match with Brett, and they both know that at uh, Mania, it's going to be Diesel taking on Taker. <clears throat> and, and the way that Kevin tells the story is that he wanted to have Brett dead to rights and definitely going to win the match. And then Taker costs it for him, but Brett won't do that. Brett doesn't want to... Uh, doesn't want to seem like he's been beaten by Diesel, which I don't, which I, I mean, has not happened in any of the matches that they've had up no. to this point. <laughs> so he, it was so frustrating to to Kevin Nash that Brett wouldn't do this, that he decided that he was going to go to WCW and take the money and just stop bullshitting around. Wow. So we get to the end of the match and pretty good match overall. Not their best match. I love that steel blue cage, though. Yeah. Love it. And so uh, we're towards the end of this now, and Diesel is trying to escape through it. And, I mean, people are still cheering this guy. Or it just might be the element. This And Taker comes up through the, yeah, <laughs> through the ring. Up through the ring as Diesel's yeah. about to escape the cage. And he just grabs him, and Diesel's trying to fight it. He's fighting it, and then he brought down to the depths of hell. They, comes smoke. they shoot and, a fire extinguisher up through it, and then Brett climbs over and jumps down. I mean, yeah, I could kind of see what Nash was saying, because you're not concentrating on what Brett's doing anyways at that point. Why not just have a decisive end for him? Mm -hmm. But either way, that little decision changes the course of history when it comes to professional wrestling it really does and we'll discuss that now as we watch takers match against diesel at wrestlemania 12 yeah and so the lead up to this match is pretty good too i mean it's uh yeah. at this point probably takers best wrestlemania match which is yeah. you know not saying a lot but it's you know it's definitely up there and the lead up to it is pretty cool too Guys, no, just trying to play mind games with yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, because Diesel isn't necessarily playing it like he's scared of the aura of the Undertaker. He's kind of messing with him, showing him he's not scared. So, yeah, Diesel wins his little squash match. The smirk on his face, yeah. Little, ooh, spooky fingers. Yeah, spooky fingers, yeah. He stole that from Scott. Uh-oh. You hear the lightning. 
Vince is confused. Taker's in the ring. You know, I would wear one black glove because of Diesel. Yeah, you would. <laughs> that was my thing. I was going to school wearing one black glove and a razor Ramon hair curl. People thought I was retarded. <laughs> yeah, right. You used to do that on grade six. Yeah. Lonely childhood. <laughs> Taker has disappeared. Nash is back in the ring doing his thing, you know. I remember for WrestleMania 11, me and you wrote all the matches and we bet on them. I can't remember what we, we gambled. This wasn't money at the time, but we, we were making bets on all the matches. Interesting. You know, I probably have that somewhere. I should take a look for it. I got all those old books somewhere. Then it goes on to have, I think, probably the most memorable moment from this in the lead up is Kevin Nash opening up a coffin and seeing his own face, his own his body yes, in it, right? Right. This would be Diesel's second last match. We've covered his last match in the archives of the D of the BWF podcast. You can go to HBK nineteen ninety six part one to listen to that match in its entirety. But yeah, this would be Diesel's last WrestleMania match for many many years. This is a, a turning point, as you said, in, in wrestling history. Yeah, and again, like nobody, uh, we are none the wiser. The streak isn't a thing for sure at this point. But I don't remember wondering who was going to, like I don't remember who, I, I'm sure I was going for Kevin Nash, but I mean, that's crazy. He got him up like that. I, yeah, Kevin Nash they, would not do that for just anybody. No. Wow, just go. the one. It was a really good back and forth match. A lot of psychology was used in this match. Diesel was in top form, honestly. Like, this is just a really good, really good WrestleMania match. And, uh, and overlooked because people just, if they think about WrestleMania 12, they'll think about the Iron Man match, which is disappointing as we've covered. And then they'll probably think of the Hollywood back, uh, back lot brawl. Yeah, which was supposed to be a Miami street fight with Goldust and Razor, but Scott Hall made the mistake of giving his notice before WrestleMania, and then they found, coincidentally, drugs in the system and suspended him through this. But Diesel, who, who inarguably is the smarter of the two in terms of business. Oh, 100%, yeah. But, yeah, um, the reason why this is a turning point in wrestling history is, you know, the whole point of Razor Ramon last week and Diesel this week is so we get to the NWO next week. So these guys, they leave the WWF, they go down to WCW. When they arrive, the fans had no idea. Like, me and you, like, back then, there's no internet, you know, there, we had no idea that they were going to go to the WCW. They didn't say uh, they weren't Razor Ramon and Diesel when they came out, you know, through the crowd. And they just said last week, uh, Razor would come out and say, you all know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Yeah, you nailed it. I I messed it up last week. You got it that first time. No problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like it was the, you know, it was the first thought of a forbidden door being opened which is coincidentally what's uh, happening tonight in Toronto's AEW's Forbidden Door. But that was the first time because him walking through the crowd 
everybody had up to even though wrestling was going through a slower period everybody was wanting to know who would win in wcw versus wwf and it looked like the fans were going to get what they wanted yeah it really came across that way that we're going to get that wwf versus wcw war because you know they were portraying diesel and razor ramon without saying they were diesel and razor ramon and it actually uh, sparked a lawsuit from the WWF to WCW telling them to stop. They had a cease and desist telling them to stop, you know, those characters from portraying the likeness of Razor and Diesel. So they started using their own real names, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And that is where we are going to pick up next week. We are, we are going to see and witness the formation, the lead up and the formation of the NWO. And I can't fucking wait. It's good. It's going to be uh, a real good uh, dive into it and look at, uh, you know, change. Uh, it changed wrestling for the better. It's, it's absolutely. I watched the match last night, the six man tag from Bash of the Beach. Yeah. Yeah. And it's what a good match. It's so the storytelling in this match, it's it's everything you want in wrestling, man. Like it's, it's so good. We'll cover it in detail next week. I can't wait. And until then, once again, Mr. Aaron Bishop. Oh, you know what? I was just looking at my phone. I wanted to get this out of the way before we said goodbye. But I was looking at my phone, and I realized that Alundra Blaze is actually older than Bull Nakano. You were right. She's uh, she's 60, and Bull Nakano's 55. So that's my bad. And it's like a dill pickle shop for no reason. Well, how about this? We'll just say that you won. You got it. You, if this is, we could just say you got to your 100 and we can celebrate it now. Is, is that what you, can we say that? Fine. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. So I don't have to do the chance. No, no. <laughs> March to 100, ladies and gentlemen. He did it. He did it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Aaron, uh, so we will uh, get that uh, that uh, crate, wrestling crate, sorted out. And then when you get it, uh, we'll, uh, of course, tell our listeners what's all in there. But, uh, yeah, sorry about that, buddy. I can't believe that I messed that up. Um, uh-huh. It's all good, my friend. It's all entertaining, I'm sure. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it while we're editing. It's going to be something awesome. <laughs> On that note, uh, thank you again, and uh, see you next week, Fish. See you next week.